0: I think we're live. Hi, everyone. What up? Happy Saturday. A few minutes. If you're just joining us, go ahead and like and share our post or our live video. And if you're watching the replay, do the same. If you're listening to our podcast, go ahead and share it with your friends. Today we're gonna talk about having a violent faith. I think with everything going around, you yeah. you have to turn <laughs> the anger <laughs> into yeah, yeah. something productive. Productive, yeah. Yeah. So if you're so, just joining us,
1: we'll go ahead and get started. If no one's jumping on just
0: yet. Okay. All right, let's get started. Okay. Vanessa is texting. Okay. Anyways, if anyone is joining us, I can't see who's joining us at all. Actually, maybe no one. Anyways, we're going to start. And we're going to talk about having a violent faith. Oh, someone just liked it. Alright, let's get started. Okay. Alright, and um, we're gonna talk about a violent faith, and I'm gonna read out of Matthew eleven twelve, and it says, "From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subject subjected to violence, subjected, yep, subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so. I don't know I've been studying this out for myself because I've always heard people talk about the violent take it by force so that violent take it by force and I never knew what it was and I did a little studying and um it was talking about during the time of John the Baptist people was trying to raid the kingdom of heaven they were have had a desperation for the things of God that they were forcing their way into it and um some i looked at some commentaries they were saying that people were like they mm-hmm. had to like keep people away because they were so hungry for the things what um John the Baptist was doing and they were going after those things yeah. and we as people we as um Christians we have to turn that anger or whatever is going on into in this world now yeah. and turn that into a violent faith into a violence in your spirit to have a violent spirit so that we can get things done in the yeah. spiritual realm and
1: you know john the baptist he, he was the first uh, well, not the first first but in the new testament the first before jesus who prepared the way who came before him and was willing to preach the word to a generation who only knew the law who only knew what was set before them by Moses and then John the Baptist comes and offers this new not not theology it was from the Word of God but he offers this like new found wisdom from God and it was the love of God and it was preparing them for the Messiah and that drew people to come near him that drew people to want to hear what he had to say because even Jesus said during this parable he said what did you go out to see did you go out to see a man in soft clothing Did you go out to see a man in the desert? Did you go out to see a man shaken by the wind? No, you went out to receive something from the Holy Spirit. You went out to receive something from God. And he talked about John the Baptist and his ministry. And it was during this time people began to have a hunger for the things of God, really because no one else was teaching them. No one else was bringing this forward. No one was bringing it to light. It was the law. It was religion. It was just what was known. But then you have a man step up, full of the Holy Spirit, that begins to prophesy and show them what, who God really is before Jesus is coming. And I wanted to talk about having a violent faith, how to get your faith or how to get yourself to a point to where you receive the most from God, to where you can receive the most God has for you and how to have God work on your behalf. Because a lot of Christians, God never works on their behalf because they don't know how to connect to God. And they always wait for God to move. And, and you hear that a lot. Waiting on God to move. God is in control. But that's not necessarily how it works. You have to begin to move your own faith. And I'm going to share stories with you from the Word of God that explain how to have a violent kind of faith.
0: Amen. All right. Hi, Ron. Hi, Mara. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Vanessa. And even before we talk about that, um, just even in, um, Second Corinthians 10 it talks about we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against the principalities, and that's what it is mm-hmm. even now, even this virus, if you you can look at it as it's just a virus, but behind everything, there's a spiritual thing that's yeah. happening and it's, you have to fight in the spirit. you have to know how to go after things with the spirit and what right. God says to do in, with faith. That's one weapon you use, and you go after with faith, but it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual because yeah.
1: um, there's nothing you can do about this in the natural.
0: Mm-hmm. You have
1: to use the faith God has given you. you can't and you can't sit away and, and wait on God to do it because that's not how it works. God wants to use you. God wants to see you do this. God wants to see you empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and shake and shake things. And I'm going to read a story coming from Luke five. Um, starting at verse 17 on one of those days, as he was teaching, talking about Jesus, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed who a man who was paralyzed and they were seeking to bring him in to lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed, through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Men, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed and go home, and, then, and immediately he rose up before them and picked up his bed, and he went lying and all and went home glorifying God, and amazement seized them all, and they all glorified God, and they were filled with awe, saying, Who have seen extraordinary things today? So here it's talking about a man that was healed. But again, they couldn't enter the room. And the only thing that got this man healed was this type of violent faith. Was a faith that pushed him through desperation. That pushed him through what everyone else was doing. I mean, you this is like, this is vandalism. You're cutting a hole in someone else's roof <laughs> to drop your friend below. You know, this is not what... But I don't, I couldn't even imagine that today. I mean, cutting a hole in someone's roof to drop someone down to, to the feet of Jesus. And this is what they're doing. They had to have some kind of lawsuit come against them after that. But again, when you're filled with desperation, when you have a desperation for God to do something on your behalf, then you're going to do anything to get it. And this is what that was. They knew that their friend would stay in the bed till the day he died unless they did something about it. And that's how you have to see it. Your situation cannot change until you provoke God to do something about it. Jesus was not going to come out and he was not going to heal this man. He had to use their own faith. Same thing with the lady with the issue of blood. Jesus was not coming to her house to heal her. But the lady pressed through the crowd. And that is what your faith does. Your faith gets you healed. Jesus wants to see your own faith operated before he can step in and do something. And that's why I believe the biggest miracles happened with people that didn't have or had the faith to see it done. Same thing with blind Bartimaeus. Yelling out to the crowd, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd told him to be quiet. He yelled all the louder. He didn't let people tell him to be quiet. Son of David, have mercy on me. Then once Jesus heard him, he turned around and healed him. But Jesus was passing by the blind man. He didn't heal the blind man until the blind man showed desperation from his own spirit. There has to be a desperation that rises up inside of you from your own spirit to say, I'm doing this with everything in my in my being. I'm not going to wait till someone does this. I'm not going to wait for someone else to impact me. I am going to make this move and see what God is going to do with my my situation and my life. And that's the only way you can see God move
0: yeah and i have a testimony too about a week ago we came home from church and we were sitting in bed and then i realized that i had a lump and it was in the same exact place that i had it in before and the first time when it happened it grew into bigger than a golf ball size and and it hurt so badly and i told myself i told zayn i was like nope this is not happening again and a lot of people can take their, they can take their anger out into other people, but you have to realize who, like, who sent this and you have to realize who to, um you have to put a violence in your spirit you have to have a violent spirit and i told him i was like i'm not gonna deal with this again and so we took um communion together and we thanked the lord for the things he has done Mm -hmm. on calvary on the cross that he died for my sickness and disease in isaiah 53 5 it says that by his stripes that i am healed and I, i took everything that the word of god says And I put it into action in my life. I declared it over my life. And the very next day, it was completely gone. a full
1: eight hours. It it was completely gone.
0: It was less than eight hours because it was like one in the morning. And we woke up the next morning and it was completely gone. And I know that when someone out of desperation, you have to have desperation for the things of Mm -hmm. God and for your situation to come out of it. Yeah. And we didn't
1: go to the doctor. We didn't do what everyone else would have recommended to do. Why? Because what does the word of God say about my situation? And then what am I going to do about it to see that done? Because it doesn't just happen. I could have sat in bed. We could have just went to bed. We could have cried together and we could have, you know, we could have went and got tested by the doctor, but we didn't do that. We used the faith that the Bible caused violence. You have to begin to see yourself de- like desiring the things of God. And desiring what the Word has for you. Because that's the only way you're going to see it. Because mm-hmm. God can't operate in, in a place. God can't take go somewhere where you're not willing to follow. You have to be willing. God wants to see where you're willing to go before He comes, comes for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's why Jesus passed by the blind man. That's why Jesus didn't go to the lady with the issue of blood's house. That's why Jesus didn't even step outside to heal the paralytic man. Why? Because their faith had to be the reason why they got healed. And it says Jesus was performing mighty miracles. The power came upon him to heal. The power came upon Jesus to heal, to do mighty things. And he didn't do it. He didn't go outside. There were already people lined up wanting to be healed. Instead, they went from the top and cut a hole down on the roof because they were that desperate to get their friend healed. They weren't going to let someone else take their healing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can do that. I've heard this before, and, it's, and I've heard it from an older generation as well. Is oh, you know, just give it to someone else. I don't need it as much as they do. Go talk to someone else. But God has a plan for you. God has something for you too. It doesn't matter how little your situation is, but it doesn't matter how big it is. Your faith is what matters to God. Because someone else may have waited in line and and done what everyone else was doing. But then they had to leave because Jesus was done for the day. Instead, their friends cut a hole in the roof to drop him down saying if he doesn't do it, then no one else can. So we're doing this out of desperation.
0: And if you don't even know how to gain faith to obtain faith more faith when you get saved the word of god says that you are given a measure of faith but it's a, it's your responsibility to grow your faith and romans 10:17 it says that faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god and so when you hear when you're listening to us we're preaching we're teaching on faith um, from the word of god and that's what builds faith is what we um talk about um even testimonies hearing testimonies Mm -hmm. um because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And when we share testimonies, it share it glorifies God. And it share, um shows that, okay, if God did that for me, he can also do that for someone else. Yeah. Because God is no respective person. But to grow your faith, you need to be around faith-filled preachers. You need to listen to that day in and day out. You need to read the word of God. You need to be around people that will encourage you in the word of God.
1: Yeah, that's important. Have people around you to encourage you in the Word of God. You have to be around people of like-minded faith. Or else you can be wanting something but be behind because no one else is willing to go the distance you're willing to go. That's why it's important to have a church family that is going to be grounded in the Word of God. Have people around you that are going to determine in their own spirits Mm -hmm. that they are going after God. Instead of just doing it out of religion. And that's when you see God move on your behalf. That's when you see God step into play. And, and that's why I believe that God doesn't do a lot of things in most churches now. It's because most churches are never desperate for the power of God. Most churches are never desperate for the things of God to be performed. And that's why you have a lukewarm church. That's why you have a church that doesn't pursue the things of God. It's because no one is desperate for what the Bible calls Christianity. No one is desperate enough to go after the things of God. Mm -hmm. Because if, you know, the Bible says to be like Christ. And Christ went around healing people. He went around healing the sick. He went around touching. You know, we've had chances this week to pray for people. And see and pray for healing over their bodies. You have to begin to say, I'm doing this not because I feel like it, but because it's a mandation by the power of uh, by God. This is what Jesus told me to do, according to Matthew 28. This is something that God put inside of me to do. Mm-hmm. And this is how we're going to see a world shaken as believers. This is how we're going to see a world changed and turned around.
0: Yeah, we need more people that will be violent, mm-hmm. to have a violent faith, to have a violent spirit yeah. in them because we have too much people that's out there being like literal, literally violent. But we need to... Yeah be violent in faith, we need to be violent in our spirit, we need to have Mm -hmm. a desperation, a hunger for the things of God, because when we do have a hunger, then when we um, portray that out of our lives, other people will see it, and they will want the exact same that you have. Right. Whatever you, um, that comes out of your life, I know other people, like the fruit that comes out of our lives, they want the same for them, because Mm -hmm. of what we portray, and the hunger, and just, Yeah, and that's what draws other people to you.
1: Yeah, the Bible says the love of God draws people to repentance. The love of God. So when it comes out of you, people naturally want to have what you have. People naturally want to go after what you have when you have the love of God abiding in you. Um, Do you have anything else? I'm going to move on to another point. You can go
0: ahead.
1: All right. Um, I'm also going to read a story out of Exodus. Um, This is talking a little bit about Joshua. Joshua. And you might be wondering how to increase a desperation of faith. And this is something that Joshua did. Joshua was the successor after Moses that um, actually led the Israelites to conquer the land of Canaan. And he's the one who led them into this land to see, you know, completely given back to the children of God. And one reason why I believe Joshua was so used in, in a mighty way that we, that we can see is because of the faith level that he operated at by getting near God. Mm. And he hungered more after God than Moses did. Because, listen to this. Exodus 33, verse 11, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, and as the man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man would not depart from the tent. So you see here, Moses, when he, they're both in the tent, glorifying God, in God's presence. God would download stuff into Moses, and Moses would go out and tell the Israelite congregation. But listen, Joshua did not leave the presence of God. Joshua did not leave to go with Moses. He stayed in the presence of God. And I mean, that's why God didn't allow Moses to take over the Canaanites. Joshua did. Have you ever wondered why? Joshua was used by God. Moses was a great man of God, but Joshua was handpicked by God to lead the Israelites into the land of Canaan by decisions like this. Mm -hmm. Sitting in the presence of God, being in the presence of God, and having a desperate spirit for the things of God. And this is what makes, this is what changes the games. This is what changes between a lukewarm Christian and a Christian that will make a difference and make an impact for their generation. And if you want to do that, then I want you to write amen in the comments. If you want to make an impact in your generation, you have to be desperate. You have to say, God, I want to be used by you. And it may require more time in God's presence it may require more time in God's presence than what your leaders are in. But you have to say, God, use me. And Joshua went back to God for every everything. Except for one time and he messed up on that one time. There was one time in the word of God where Joshua did not go back into prayer. And it was a mistake that he regretted. But he went to God for every decision he made. Every decision he made, he was constantly in a point of prayer and desperation seeking after God. And that's and that's what makes the difference. Mm-hmm. That's what makes a difference between a lukewarm Christian and a Christian going after the things of God. And what makes a difference between someone average and, and just casually pursuing God? That's what makes the difference between world shakers and people that sit around waiting on the next move of God. You have to have the desperation in your spirit to go after it. Yeah. Do you have anything else? So maybe you're sitting here today and you're wondering. You know, I've never even confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. How can I be desperate for someone I don't even know? God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants to have a a connection with you. And maybe you've never prayed that simple prayer to allow Jesus Christ to come into your life. Then I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I thank you. That you died for me. And that you're coming back again for me. Jesus I thank you. That I am saved. I'm born again. And I'm on my way to heaven. Because I had Jesus in my heart. Amen. And just even out of encouragement with that. Be sure to reach out to us. Be sure we want to help you out. We want to give you some information. If you prayed that prayer with us. Um, Other than that. You know, get desperate for the Word of God. Stay focused on what the Word of God says. Even during these situations and and times like this, have a desperation for the Word of God. Because that's what's going to change you. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to make you someone that operates out of of faith or out of fear. Because everyone's operating out of fear right now. But if your connection is with God and the Holy Spirit, then nothing will faze you. This whole situation will not phase you one bit.
0: But it takes people like that it takes people who um who's desperate who's violent in the spirit to get to see this world turned Mm -hmm. around for the glory of god and we need more people to rise up and that's why our church is going on a 30-day fast Mm -hmm. because we are
1: i'll get it after
0: he might be asking for prayer though
1: I'll get it after. Go ahead and wrap up.
0: Okay. But anyways, next week we're going to talk about the weapons of our warfare. Because the Bible says that it's not... The weapons are, of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural things. We're not going to go out and fight a spiritual battle with a sword, with mm. a knife, yeah. with a gun. We need to know what spiritual things that God says in his word. Yeah. And we have to put that in our like into action in our lives to fight the... Things that might be the evil things in the world, we need to use the weapons of our warfare, our spiritual um, tools. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what we're gonna be talking about next week. But if you said that prayer, we'd like for you to message us. And if you're re watching this, the replay video, go ahead and share it and share with your friends and message us. And hi, Shayna. But we love you guys.
1: All right. Have a good day. Love you guys.